Today on the Matt Wall Show, a group of Catholic schoolboys have been hideously defamed and slandered and smeared all over the internet and the media. We are going to sort through this issue and figure out who the real bad guys are in this situation. Also, a company responds to that, to that stupid Gillette ad with an ad of their own, which I think is uh, pretty fantastic. And finally, I'll answer some of your emails today on the Matt Wall Show. Hello and uh, welcome, everybody. I missed you terribly since we last spoke, so thank you for, for coming back here again. Um, hey, remember one thing really quickly. If you're watching on Facebook right now, uh, but you want to get the whole show, remember that you can subscribe on iTunes for that or go to YouTube or become a premium subscriber to uh, The Daily Wire, um, where you get this show and lots of other, lots of other great, great content as well. Okay, I want to get to a story uh, that just absolutely infuriates me. I, I can't tell you how angry I am by this. Um, I've just been like stewing over it for the last 24 hours. If you were on social media at all this weekend, you, you probably already heard about it. If you were not on social media, maybe you didn't hear about it. And it, also, if you weren't on social media this weekend, I think that you made a very good choice, a choice that I wish that I had made. Um, so the, the story revolves around a bunch of kids from Covington, Catholic high school in Covington, Kentucky. Um, they were in DC for the March for Life, which of course happened on, on Friday, and there was a great turnout for that, uh, by the way. You're not going to hear about that from the media. Um, you, you, we heard plenty about this, this incident that we'll talk about, but very little about the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that were marching for the unborn the day before. Um, so these kids, they were, in they were in DC for the March for Life on Friday. And then on Saturday, they were supposed to board their buses and go back to, uh, to Kentucky. So they were in downtown again, apparently waiting for their bus so they could board and, and go home. Um, now, the, that's when the incident occurred. And the incident, according to the initial media reports, involved only these kids and a group of Native Americans led by a guy named Nathan Phillips. And the Native Americans were in D.C. for apparently an indigenous people's march which was happening the day after the March for Life. Um, the original story went viral on Saturday, and it was, it was that the kids randomly swarmed this group of Native Americans and uh, started berating and heckling them and mocking them and taunting and threatening them, not letting them leave, um, while, while the Native Americans were simply just playing the drums and singing a spiritual song. So this was just a, according to the initial story, which went viral. This was a straightforward, blatant case of, of, you know, privileged white boys acting in an outlandishly racist manner. And that's what millions of people believed. That's what the media reported. That's what many prominent folks on both sides of the political aisle um, uh, said. But I'll tell you, when I first heard the story, and it, look, this is not, a, I'm not like spiking the football because a lot of people got this wrong and I didn't kind of thing. I'm just saying, you know, here was my thought process, okay? Well, I, I did, I, I went online briefly on Saturday. I, I heard about this story and my first thought was, uh, what? You know, it, it just, it didn't make sense to me. Um, it didn't sound believable. I'm not saying that it sounded impossible, but it didn't sound believable or necessarily plausible that a group of Catholic high school boys would just randomly start berating Native Americans for no reason. 
That's the kind of thing that you think is plausible if you have a cartoonish idea of human nature, and especially of white teenage boys. But uh, maybe it's because I used to be a white teenage boy, um, and uh, so I can think back to then, and it's just, I can't imagine, like you're in D.C. with a bunch of your friends, and then you see some Native Americans over there, and you say, hey, let's go over there and taunt them, guys. Come on. Hey, fellas, let's go do something racist. Um, that's just, it doesn't re I'm not saying that it's impossible that that could happen. It's just, it's just seems very, very unlikely. That's just not how people act. Right. Uh, but there was allegedly video of the incident, uh, video that shows that's what the media said. The media said the video shows high school boys harassing native Americans. And um, the video was a short clip, it turns out, of a much longer piece of footage. Of course, the longer piece of footage didn't, didn't surface magically until like 24 hours later after the kids already had already been getting death threats and were facing possible expulsion and had been denounced um, hither and yon. So let me show you. This is what the short clip looked like. This is, this is the, the clip that most people saw on Saturday and that engendered all of this outrage. Here it is. Okay, so a lot of people saw that video out of context and concluded that it definitely shows high school boys harassing Native Americans. Um, I watched it on Saturday when there was, uh, well, there's footage, so I, I watched it. And I, I didn't really, I didn't see it. I didn't see what everyone was claiming. Even out of context, it just, I didn't see, it looks weird, it looks strange. It looks like the kind of video that screams out of context. I mean, there might as well be a giant neon sign in the background of the video saying, this is out of context. Because you see that and you think, there's got to be more to that. Even if the even if the boys are the bad guys here, there's just, how did this even come up? What was the scenario where these two groups even met? These are just obvious questions that people should ask. And very few people did. Um, also, it was claimed initially that the boys were chanting, build the wall at the Native Americans. Well, again, you watch that clip of the video, you, you, they're not chanting that. That's not, that's not in the video, um, which, is, which should be a giant red flag, right? If, if there's a viral story saying that this or that happened, and hey, there's a video to go with it, and the video doesn't match up with the story, well, that's a red flag. Because, it, again, it shows you that, at the very least, there's more to this that didn't make it on the video. Um, so, personally, on Saturday, I saw the video, I heard the story, and so I just, I didn't say anything about it. I didn't, I didn't chime in. I gave no opinion uh, for or against the students because I had no idea what was going on. It seemed, you know, it's possible that the kids were in the wrong, uh, but, it, or maybe they, they aren't, but I just, I had no idea, so I didn't say anything. Um... But there were a lot of people who felt like they did have a pretty good idea. So these kids were slandered and defamed and 
doxxed and uh, threatened for a full 24 hours. And they were even denounced by the mayor of their town, denounced by millions of others, including very prominent, uh, powerful, influential people in the media and celebrities and so on, before finally this full story emerges. A much longer video surfaced, as usually happens with these sorts of situations. Um, One of the longer videos is over an hour long and was shot apparently by a member of a group called the Black Hebrew Israelites. Now, the Black Hebrew Israelites are a very important group in this whole situation, but nobody even heard about them until a day later. And by the way, the uh, the Black Hebrew Israelites, the BHI, we'll call them, they are essentially cult members, the radical fringe people who think that they're descendants of the Israelites, and uh, they they hate everyone, okay? This is their whole shtick. They stand on street corners, and they shout slurs at random passersby. I've seen them myself downtown. I've been downtown and seen these uh, these people, you know, set up with their little display, just screaming at pedestrians who happen to be walking by, um, screaming offensive things oftentimes. So in the video, their video, you hear them screaming insults at random. The video goes on for like an hour before we even see the, uh, the students and they're screaming insults at random people for a while. They even, they, they're even insulting native Americans. They call them, uh, idol worshipers, totem pole worshipers. And these sorts of things. So they're insulting everyone. They're, they're, they're shouting anti-gay slurs. I mean, these are, these are not, this is not the group that, that you would think leftists would want to, um, would want to defend. Um, then finally, this group of people, they set their sights on the white kids who were standing around waiting for the bus, the Covington kids. And, uh, they, the, the black radicals, start hurling insults at the kids, calling them incest children, calling them crackers. Uh, at other points, call them a future school shooters, tell them they should go back to Europe. Um, they, um, as I said, they're using, they're using anti-gay slurs, the F word, the, the gay slur F word. And so the kids respond to this provocation by just kind of trying to drown out the slurs with, with laughter. And they start doing these kind of like pep rally style school cheers. And at one point, one of the kids, I mean, you know, they're teenage boys. So one of the kids takes his shirt off and starts kind of like dancing as if they're at a a football um, game or something like that. And so everyone, they're, they're just, they all have smiles on their faces. They're doing their cheers their school cheers. Um, They're laughing and singing and sort of dancing, responding to the hate with positivity. Now, this seems like if you're, you know, in that situation and you've got these people shouting slurs at you, uh, that seems like a perfectly good way to respond. The point is they didn't respond in kind. They didn't respond by shouting uh, slurs, much less racial slurs, back at the black Hebrew Israelites. Instead, they just kind of, like I said, they try to drown it out. Um, This goes on for a while. Until finally, this Native American group comes in. Uh, now, remember, the original story was that the the white kids, I guess, tracked down these Native Americans, found them, and surrounded them, and and accosted them verbally. Um, but then you see the video, and you see that the white kids are in the process of being accosted verbally accosted 
by the black Hebrew Israelites. And then the Native American group comes in and walks up to the white kids playing the drums in their faces. And while this is happening, the black Israelites are still shouting slurs. Someone tells us that someone tells the kids to go back to Europe and so on. Um, but the kids, they just continue their strategy of kind of keeping it positive, staying above the fray. They're doing their school cheers. I never, I watched the video. I watched the full video. I never heard anyone chant, build the wall. Maybe somebody said that, but there was never a point where the whole group was chanting, build, build the wall, uh, which is what Nathan Phillips claimed. And, um, and then that's the incident. Okay, so that's it. That's what happened. It was provoked by the black Israelites who were racially harassing a group of white kids. Then the Native American group comes in and tries to provoke things even further. It's clear that that's what they're doing. Now, there are some people claiming now that, oh, you know, they were trying to settle things down. And really, that's how you, that's how you de-escalate a situation. You come into the middle of it and start banging drums in the kids' faces. That's de-escalation. No, it's very clear to me watching it that the, what Nathan Phillips was trying to do was provoke them even more. And actually, he failed. And if there was any, if there was any doubt about what Nathan Phillips, what his motivation was, well, all we have to do is look at what he said after the fact. Because after this whole incident, that again, he inserted himself into, he immediately went to the, to the media and blatantly lied about the situation. He called the white kids beasts. Okay, you're not, you're not, gonna, you're not hearing this in the media. He called them beasts um, and said that they were, they were harassing the group of black people. He painted the white kids as the aggressors and the, the instigators of the situation. Um, he said that he heroically put himself in between beasts and their prey. And then he said in a separate interview that the kids surrounded him and that they wouldn't let him leave and he felt threatened. Uh, they said, he said they were chanting, build the wall at him. These are just lies, okay? Uh, they are lies contradicted by the video evidence. He is a liar. This is a hands-up, don't-shoot level lie. Um, Nathan Phillips apparently is a scam artist who played half the country. A bunch of people just fell for it. The media ate it up, reported it as fact, uncritically. And these kids have been smeared all over the internet and cable news because of it. Uh, the main kid that was featured in the video, the one smiling at Phillips, wrote a statement and explained his side of the story. Here's the crucial thing. His side of the story is exactly what the video shows. His side of the story lines up with what you see in the video. The other version, the verb version we got from Phillips, does not line up with the video evidence and never did. Um... And also, Philip's version of the story as a secondary issue doesn't line up with common sense. So it doesn't even make sense, and also it doesn't work with the video. But then we have the video, and it just so happens that the reports we're getting from the kids matches up. So I think we basically know what happened here. Okay, so what, what, did we, what have we learned from this? I think uh, most people probably have learned absolutely nothing. But if you are a more observant sort of person... What, um, what, what could you learn from this incident? I think a few things. Number one, uh, and this is very important, your social media hot take can wait for a day or two. Uh, we all seem to be under this very mistaken impression that the world will like stop rotating on its axis 
if we don't immediately offer our own two cents on every event the moment it transpires. And there are many otherwise intelligent people who have made fools of themselves, myself included in other cases, because they felt the need to voice an opinion on an issue um, as soon as it came to their attention without waiting to actually find out what happened. But there isn't much good that can come of that. There, is, there isn't really any good that can come out of a, an opinion that's just sort of dashed off and published in a hurry as if to meet some sort of deadline uh, because you want to be uh, in that first wave of opinion about something that happened. There, there's just, there's nothing good that can come of it. The, the most you can hope for is something is neutral, that it will just have no effect. But there's no, there's no scenario where some sort of really good thing happens. Because even if you're right in that first wave of opinion, even if you happen to take the right point of view, which will be really just a matter of luck because you didn't, you had no idea what the, what the, all the facts were. So you just happened to get it right. But even if you're right, your perspective is redundant and useless because everyone else is already saying that. That's the stupid thing about the mass outrage um, that you see on the internet. Aside from any of the ethical or moral concerns, which are primary, but secondary, what's even the point? Like if, if you see a video like this, even if, let's just say that, that um, the video was not misrepresented and these kids really are guilty of being racist, uh, obnoxious jerks, and you know, 10 million people have already chimed in saying, well, they're racist and obnoxious. Why do you even need to be, why do you need to be the, the 10 million and one voice? 10 million other people have already said it. So you need to, to say it too? Yes, I also agree that they are obnoxious. Hey, everybody, just so you know, I agree with what 10 million people have already said. So at best, you're just repeating what everyone else has said. So your, your opinion is useless. At worst, you are going to be a contributing member of, of, uh, of mass hysteria. You are going to be part of a pitchfork mob. So why not, why not wait? Everyone can survive without your opinion for a few hours. Uh, everyone can survive without your opinion forever and without mine. That's the other thing. None of our opinions actually matter that much. That's, I, hate to, I hate to be the one to break it to you, but you're... You've, you've never said anything on the internet that really made that much of a difference. That's and me, I'm in the same camp. It's like nobody really cares that much anyway. Um, which just, which I'm not saying that it doesn't mean that we should stop giving our, obviously I'm giving my opinion right now, but so it doesn't mean we stop giving our opinion, but it just means that you, you, we can all afford to wait for a minute because it doesn't matter that much. Um, so you might as well hold off and, uh, uh, so that you don't embarrass yourself, and also, by the way, so that you don't participate in the defamation of an innocent person accidentally. So there is no downside to taking your time before offering a point of view. There is enormous downside to jumping the gun. Second thing, uh, and you know, it's unfortunate that this even needs to be said, or that this is a lesson that needs to be learned by anyone. By anyone, but but white teenage boys are not evil. Okay. Again, like I said, I'm not spiking the football. I've spoken too soon on many other occasions. But I held my tongue on this one when I first heard about it, mainly because I know that, that white 
teenage boys don't generally behave like the villains in some sort of socially conscious cartoon. Okay, they're not cartoon villains. Maybe you'll come across a white, a white guy, a white teenage boy here or there who does really act like that, but, but most of them are not. And what are the chances that you're going to have a whole school filled with racist sociopaths who all happen to be, you know, they all went on the field trip together? Well, what are the chances of that? It just it's, it seems like very unlikely. Um, but a lot of people had no problem accepting the narrative that was first presented because they really do think, or at least want to think, that white boys carry on this way routinely. Um, and these are mostly the same people who ate up all the rumors about Kavanaugh because they wanted to believe, they desperately wanted to believe that privileged white teenagers go around casually gang-raping women for sport. But again, with that, it was, it was yes, I, I'm, there are white teenage boys out there who are that evil, um, but the idea that you would have a whole group of teen, teenage boys who coordinate with each other to drug and rape women, it's just, it's not impossible but that is a remarkable claim, um, which would require some kind of really compelling evidence. With Kavanaugh, there was no evidence. And with this, uh, with this most recent incident with the teenagers, there was a little bit of evidence, but the evidence didn't line up with the claim. Um, so these false narratives, you know, they tell us nothing about white teenage boys, about young white men, they do tell us a lot about the members of the pitchfork mob. Namely, it tells us that these people, the people in the pitchfork mob, they hate white men, hate them, especially young ones and especially Christian ones. And that's why um, they were so eager to jump on this, because this is really, this shows you, this is what they think of a, of a, of a young white man. This is what they think a young white man is. So they heard this story about the Covington kids, and they thought to themselves, oh yeah, well sure, that's exactly what white teenage boys do all the time. Uh, and that's why it's, it's, been, it's been pretty incredible over the last 24 hours or so, as, this, as the full story has emerged, as it's become clear that, um, that this was a false narrative, that Nathan Phillips lied, and so on, there had still been plenty of people who are clinging who are acknowledging that, um, that there's more to the story now, but they're still clinging to their initial reaction, um, or at least justifying their initial reaction. On the, in fact, just to, to quote here, there was someone, uh, one person on Twitter said that, um, you know, she said her reaction, she had that reaction because um, the, the sight of that face, talking about one of the, teen, the, the teenage boy who was smiling, she said, the sight of that face caused a visceral reaction. So she's admitting that just the sight of a, of a young white man's face is so repulsive to her and so offensive that she can't help but defame and slander him. It's just, it's a, it is a knee-jerk reaction. It's a reflex, she's saying. That tells you a lot about her. It tells you absolutely nothing about the, um, about the boys in question, though. Third thing we can learn is that the media really is the enemy of the people. 
Uh, I think Trump was right about that. The news media is the enemy of the people. Certain types of people, anyway. Maybe that's where he got it wrong. He said the people, um, but not all people, only certain types of people. Because if you happen to be a member of the wrong demographic, the media will eagerly spread lies about you. They will destroy your life. They will send the mob to your front door. They will try to get you kicked out of school, kicked out of your job. They'll incite threats against your family. They will tear you to pieces if you are a member of the wrong sort of demographic group. And you, and, and you come to their attention. They will not hesitate to do that to you. So what else can we call them but enemies? I mean, this certainly isn't how friends or allies behave, last I checked. So I am a white Christian conservative man. They are obviously my enemy. Not because I want them to be. I'm not saying, or, or maybe I should rephrase it. I am their enemy. And they have made that completely clear. If there was any kind of video or anything that gave them you know, a video like this or any kind of video that gave them uh, an excuse, a reason, the ability to destroy my life, they would not hesitate to do it. But if I was a, a member of a different demographic group uh, or if my politics were a little bit different, they would hesitate. So I am there. They see me as an enemy. There's just there's no getting around that. And here's the fourth thing, and this is really important. Um, this is less of a lesson and more of a warning. Somebody is going to get killed. Okay, it, it's only a matter of time before a victim of one of these media-led smear campaigns winds up dead. It's going to happen. Um, and what, what, what will the insiders and orchestrators of the outrage mob say then? What are they going to say? Are they going to say, oh, we had no idea it would come to this? Well, yes, you did. When you put a person's name and face out there and you tell the world these outlandish, outlandish lies about them, what do you think is going to happen? You are basically lighting a match in a forest full of dry, dead leaves. And if somebody finally gets burned, that's your fault. And I can only hope when that terrible day comes that at least a few of the smear merchants will end up in jail because this is, you know, this is incitement. This is not free speech. And in the meantime, and hopefully to stave off this, this very tragic, but I think inevitable eventuality, we need some, you know, there need to be repercussions, which means that because unfortunately, most of the people who are targeted in these situations, like these, like these school kids, they don't have a lot of resources, all right? These are not, these are not um, necessarily going to be millionaires. So there need to be ethical and generous lawyers who are willing to jump in and, and come to the defense of the victims pro bono and sue the defamers and insiders into oblivion. News outlets that run defamatory and libelous reports about innocent people should face severe consequences. Celebrities like Kathy Griffin, who encouraged her fans to retaliate against these boys, encouraged them to dox him, which is, you know, dig up uh, private information about him and put it out there on the internet, invade his privacy. Uh, influential, powerful people who do stuff like that, they should be bankrupted by lawsuits. Um, None, as I said, this has nothing to do with free speech. This is libel. It's, it, this is incitement. It's illegal. 
and that's how it should be treated. Um, and if we don't start treating it that way, it, you know, things are, things are going to get really bad. And there are going to be very serious consequences. Uh, I should say permanent consequences for somebody one of these days. All right. Um, I did want to, I wanted to mention this very quickly as we, we spent a lot of last week talking about that Gillette ad, which was, um, insulting to, to men. So, you know, this is kind of in the same vein. This is all, it's all part of the same, part of the same theme. Um, but a watch company, I was, I was waiting. I knew that some company would do this. I was waiting. I didn't know which company would be the first. I've never heard of this company. Eggerd Watch Company put out an ad on YouTube um, responding to that infamous Gillette ad. And uh, I think it's pretty good. Here it is. What is a man? Is a man brave? Is a man a hero? Is a man, is a man a protector? Is a man vulnerable? Is a man disposable? Is a man broken? Is a man trying? See the good in men. Okay, I mean, not going to spend a lot of time on this because I've I said plenty. I said probably way more than enough about um, an ad about a you know, a company that makes razors. So I'll say I like that ad, and you see very clearly the, the difference there. Um, building men up, building up their customer base, which is a smart, smart marketing idea, but just in general, building men up, a positive message that's also encouraging and challenging. Saying, you know, this is what a man is. A man is a, a man is courageous. A man's a hero. A man sacrifices, right? Which is which is also a challenge to us as men. That um, now, personally, I don't think that you know. I don't feel like I need to be built up or challenged by commercials, regardless. But I do appreciate commercials that do it well and have a positive tone. And that's what you find there. So there is a there's a challenge there, but it's in a positive context, saying this is what a man is, and um, and so if you're a man, that's how you should be. But the thing is, they don't need to say that last part. 
They don't need to say the part of, this is what you should do. That's already implied through the kind of inspirational message. So I thought that was great. All right. Um, so I've decided that I'm, I'm going to try and go to the, uh, the mailbag, the inbox, I'll call it, just to be unique. I'll go to the inbox every show, if I, if I remember to anyway, um, just to give more people kind of a chance to chime in and participate. So if you want to send an email to me to give your opinion or ask a question uh, or, or whatever, send an email to mattwalshshow at gmail.com. And also, if you have inquiries about speaking engagements or media requests or anything, uh, also mattwalshshow at gmail.com. Okay, so let me, let me check. Uh, I got a lot of uh, messages and things over the weekend. I'll check the inbox. Jennifer says, um, Matt, wanted to let you know you are ugly inside and out. Jennifer, I thank you for that valuable feedback. Rebecca says, hi, Matt. I love listening to your opinions. I always look forward to a new video of yours to come out. I'm a sophomore in all-girls Catholic high school, and um, many of my friends, teachers, and even priests have made comments implying or outright saying that they are against organized religion. Could you make a video defending organized religion, especially the Catholic Church, from such criticism? Thank you. Um, Well, Rebecca, thanks. I have spoken about this in, in detail. I've written about it other places. So I'm not going to go into, you know, you, you could find that if you, if you Google it, I think. I will say that the backlash against so-called organized religion is the result of many things, I think. But uh, primarily it's shallow thinking, especially if you have a priest who's against organized religion when he's a member of one. But really for anyone, for any Christian who says, oh, you know, I'm not, I don't like organized religion. It's, it's relationship, not religion. If these folks stop to think about what they're saying for just a minute, they would realize that it doesn't make any sense because religion in this context means, by definition, a belief in and worship of a supernatural being. Now, you can have religions without supernatural beings, but if there is a supernatural being and you worship that being, that's a religion. That's what a religion is, okay? So if Christianity is a religion, you can't say, well, it's not a religion. Yes, it absolutely. You may as well claim that an elephant isn't a mammal. No, it, it, an elephant is many other things as well, but it is definitely a mammal. You can't, you can't just come up with a new definition for it. Christianity is absolutely, by definition, a religion. Um, so the only question is, will it be an organized religion or a disorganized one? Those are the only two options. There is no option of Christianity not being a religion, because if you take the religion out of Christianity, then you're taking the worship of a supernatural being out of Christianity, so then you've just taken Christianity out of Christianity. So it's going to be a religion. Will it be organized, or will it be disorganized? So someone who says, I don't like organized religion, though I'm a Christian, what they're really saying is, I, I, I prefer a more disorganized, chaotic, um, confused version of Christianity. Uh, which, you know, I, I'm not really sure I see, the, I see the plus side to that. And in fact, that is sort of what we have in American culture right now. We, we have a very disorganized, fractured into a million pieces kind of Christianity where, you know, everyone believes, is kind of making it up as they go along, makes up their own doctrines on the fly. So that is, that is what a disorganized Christianity looks like. And uh, there is nothing positive to be said about it. Um, Chris writes, 
Hi, Matt. I wanted to share something with you in regards to your thoughts on the Gillette ad. First off, I agree with you 100%. The ad was an insult. I found it very offensive. My wife disagreed and told me it was fine to call out all these bad things so men can behave correctly. I explained to her that there's nothing wrong with saying these behaviors need to stop, but the ad made it seem like the majority of men brush off this stuff with boys will be boys, when, the, when most men I know have never even said that phrase. Now, here's the interesting part. Today, I was coaching my son's baseball team, and my older son accidentally hurt another boy while playing around. My son immediately apologized, and I apologized to the mother. The mother was very understanding and then said, boys will be boys. It was then that it hit me. It wasn't that I never heard that statement before. It was that I have mostly heard it from women in my lifetime. Immediately after the game, I told my wife what happened and explained again why the ad was hurtful to men. And the majority of time, the time, it's women who say the phrase, um, which is... Yeah, I thought that was interesting because when I thought about it, um, and as I said last week, this is a phrase that I very rarely hear anyone say unironically, uh, and I never have ever heard anyone say it to justify some clearly wrong behavior in a boy. But of the times when I've heard it used in a, in a sincere way, uh, it is very often women who say it, and, and justifiably so. Um, because usually boys will be boys just has to do with boys kind of roughhousing and, and, and being, um, you know, being active and energetic and that sort of thing. Kevin says, what's it like being an uneducated bigot? I don't know, Kevin, you tell me. Um, Jordan writes, Matt, on the Covington Catholic School kids issue, you may be right that the issue was misconstrued. You may be right that Phillips lied. But still, they were disrespectful and obnoxious and they deserve the criticism. I feel like you're just trying to be a contrarian by defending them. Lost some respect for you today, and I say this as a fan. Um, disrespectful and obnoxious. Now, you tell me, what are they supposed? What's the protocol here? What are they supposed to do? These kids, again, they were just standing there. They're being harassed and 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 uh, verbally assaulted by this black radical group. Uh, and then these this Native American group marches in, and starts playing a drum in their face. What, how are you supposed to react? When I looked at that video, you know the main thing I saw on the faces of these kids? And there's, there's been a lot of, a lot of people have had a lot to say about the facial expressions of these white kids, especially the one, the main one featured in the video and how he's smiling and everything. And people are making a lot out of that. But the main thing that I see is they're just, they're, they're perplexed. What I see is confusion. They don't know what the hell is going on. And they're, they're just, so they're kind of, it's a nervous sort of laughter. Uh, it's the kind of thing you do where you're like, uh, <laughs> okay. It was that kind of smile. As in, why is this guy coming in here and playing the drum in my face exactly? Who are these people over here shouting all this stuff about, about uh, you know, it was, they were confused. So how are you supposed to react? If you were in that exact situation, uh, Jordan, and but you had never heard of this before, so you weren't prepared for it. What would you do? Were they supposed to lie down in the fetal position? Were they supposed to bow down and in worship? I mean, what are they supposed to do? And I will I will also say that I believe completely in respecting your elders, but this guy, it appears to me, was trying to provoke these kids, and then he went and turned around, called them beasts, and lied about them. So this is not a man who is worthy of very much respect. Uh, because, you know, you can, you can lose your right to respect. And when you lie and slander and defame somebody, 
uh, and try to manipulate and coerce a situation and all that. You just, you're, you're, you're just not worthy of that much respect. I'm sorry. It's got nothing to do with you being Native American. It just has to, has to do with you being a liar. Uh, and finally, Mitchell writes, Matt, I saw you kissing Tom Brady's butt on Twitter. Not literally. You didn't see that. I thought I admired you, but now I have to reconsider. Worst take I've ever seen. Brady is an overrated cheater. Uh, look, I'm sorry. I, I hate the Patriots uh, with a passion, and I don't like Tom Brady. But what Tom Brady is doing, we, no player in the NFL has ever done anything like this. This is, this is the greatest NFL player to ever play the game. Without a doubt, there's not even a discussion anymore. There, there's no one else who you could possibly put in this category because no other NFL player dominated to this extent for two decades. Now, some of the other great QBs you can think of were very dominant for you know seven or eight years, sometimes a decade, but two decades? Tom Brady came into the league, I think, in 2003. It's now 2019. That's almost two entire decades. And he's going to his uh, to yet another Super Bowl. So to to be this good for this long against this level of competition. Now you might I know you might say the AFC East is a pretty weak division, and it is. But just in general in the NFL, the athletes are so good. Um, so everyone you're playing against is really really good these days. It's not like it's not like the NFL in the '60s when uh, you'd be playing a bunch of uh, against a bunch of just sort of like ordinary dad type people. Um, no, these days, these are just athletic machines that you're playing against. And so for Tom Brady to be this good for that long, it's, it, it is the only other professional athlete that is maybe as impressive as Tom Brady is uh, LeBron James, who, again, there's really no discussion there anymore. Um, he's obviously the best basketball player to ever, ever play the game. And I'm sure we can all agree on that. We'll leave it there. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, Godspeed. Today on The Ben Shapiro Show, BuzzFeed's Big Trump Scoop implodes, the media botch a hit on Christian high school students, and the media try to target me with selective editing. That's today on The Ben Shapiro Show.